South Alabama's top five position battles with AL.com's Craig Stevenson. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. And as promised, thank goodness, we do have AL.com beat writer for South Alabama, Craig Stevenson, going over his article from last week about the top five position battles. It's really four position battles, and the fifth one has too many players. So it'll be interesting to see how they work things out at safety. But we talk about expectations. We talk about, you know, getting the depth chart set, maybe heading into fall. Usually that doesn't uh, is not the case. Uh, and, you know, how Carter Bradley, and this is really a big one as well, how he can take it to the next level. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. It is Lockdown Sunbelt with AL.com's Craig Stevenson, South Alabama's top five position battles. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Thrilled and honored to have on Craig Stevenson. He is the uh, South Alabama beat writer for AL.com, co-hosts the Randy Kennedy Show on 99.5 in the afternoons here in Mobile. South Alabama has had two practices so far. Uh, first of all, uh, spring practices. I do find it odd, Craig, that some of these teams, Georgia State's already done. They were done yeah. at the beginning of March before South Alabama had even started. It's very odd on how these teams go about scheduling spring ball. Yeah, I think part of it has to do with weather. You know, you don't want to start too early or you get in bad weather, although in Atlanta you would think the weather's worse than it is here. Also, though, I think the idea is that you want to get done as soon as you possibly can, so if anybody's injured, it gives them more time to recover. Uh, and then you want to, you know, if you got a spring game, you got to kind of schedule that around Easter and spring break and all that sort of thing too. So there's a little bit of calculus that goes into it, but, yeah, it is strange. I know uh, Duke has always started really, or at least when Cutcliffe was there, they always started super early. They were done before just about anybody else started. But anyway, um, so, but mo like you said, most everybody is either been going a week or two or is starting pretty soon. And, you know, the, the, most of the spring games are April 8th, 15th, and 22nd. Uh, South Alabama's case, it is the April the 15th. Uh, all right, so this is a different thing that it's been for South Alabama. Uh, the coach is here for a third straight season, Kane Womack, and they don't have a quarterback competition for the first time. Right. I think you said in any, in recent history, do we know the last time they had a returning starting quarterback? Um, I, it was before I was covering them. So oh, I think 2014 <laughs> maybe was the last time they had a returning yeah. starting quarterback. I mean, that's not 100% true. Uh, Desmond Trotter was the returning starter. I guess Steve Campbell's last year, he had started the last three games of the previous season, but there was still competition, uh, in the sure. spring and the fall with chance, chance Lovertich, who came in the junior college transfer and actually ended up starting a couple of games that year. Uh, Trotter, I think missed a game due to COVID and missed a couple of games, uh, due to injury. So, uh, but in terms of an unquestioned starting quarterback who it would take a major catastrophe, catastrophe for him to not be the starter. Uh, this is kind of new territory for South Alabama in the last several years with Carter Bradley coming back after setting virtually every uh, important single season record uh, at South Alabama, which Jake Bentley had set most of the previous year. So it's kind of right. a new era for sure. Uh, at South and Alabama. then, 
Yeah, and then in this era of the transfer portal, um, you know, they had their backup QB going into the portal, and he decided to come back. Yeah, Desmond Trotter, as we just as we talked about before, right. you kind of feel bad for the guy. He lost the starting job two years in a row to two different quarterbacks and had one more year to play, so he figured he would go in the portal and see what he could find. And I think he talked to a couple of places, but maybe I uh, wasn't able to find somewhere that uh, – that he would feel comfortable going in trying to compete for the job. So he stayed at South Alabama and yeah, he's a, he's a really valuable backup. We've seen, uh, you know, particularly two years ago when Jake Bentley got hurt, you know, to have him available was really big for them. And um, you know, if he had not stayed, then you would have been uh, one play away for, with Carter Bradley of, of starting somebody that had never really played at all. Either that uh, being a uh, Tanner McGee, who's a, a I guess his, third or fourth year in the program, but has never really played uh, an important snap at quarterback. And then the true freshman, Gio Lopez, who has, you know, got two practices under his belt. Right. And he, and, uh, and Desmond had a big ball game, uh, you know, only like a possession or two against Southern Miss and actually led, led, led them to a field goal uh, in a big road victory. It is locked on Sunbelt. Dave Schultz along with uh, AL.com beat writer, Craig Stevenson for South Alabama. All right. You wrote last week about the five position battles that we are watching Mm -hmm. because did you also write that they have 20 returning starters, including a couple of guys that were injured? I mean, that is an outrageous number in this day and age to have 20 returning starters coming back. No, no question about it. I mean, and you know, it depends. The the math is kind of squirrely, but they have 18 guys who started in the bowl game that are back Um, actually nine on offense, nine on defense, three guys graduated. It's funny. You can, you can mention all the departed starters and not really waste any time because it was uh, Jalen Wayne at wide receiver, James Jackson at center, Darrell Luter at corner, and C.J. Rias at outside linebacker. And Rias is the only – the other three were all, you know, fifth or sixth-year seniors. Uh, Rias went in the transfer portal, and he's at McNeese, McNeese State now. Uh, but all the everybody else is back, plus, as you mentioned, Keith Gallman and Quentin Wilfon, who were two starters the previous season. Gallman missed the entire year. Wilfon got hurt, I think, against UCLA in week three and missed the rest of the year. So they're back. So, yeah, if you add it up that way, it's 20 returning starters, which is really amazing, like you said. And it's certainly unprecedented here at South Alabama uh, to have that much returning talent. And, you know, you're right. I did write about the position battles, but that's basically it. It's not like these are the five most interesting. It's like these are the five only ones you know, right, that are going right. on. And, uh, you know, one of those – is that outside linebacker position where Rias graduated, but it's going to be really weird this spring because Will Fon's still coming off surgery. A couple other guys are hurt. And at that position in the spring, they're going to be playing a bunch of walk-ons. So I don't know that that's really going to be settled much uh, this spring. Uh, Center sounds like it is uh, pretty well, at least to start out with, is taken care of. Reggie Smith has moved over from right guard to center. Uh, Reed Byes, who's a guy that came in from Mississippi State, uh, we'll compete there and as well as that right guard where they've got James Robinson, who was a Tennessee transfer last year, and then Reed Gavins, a guy that's been in the program a couple of years. I think it's gonna it's kind of Reggie Smith's job to lose. Uh, former walk-on, kind of an undersized guy, but, uh, you know, they really like him, one of the smartest guys on the team, and uh, should be able to step right in at that leadership. The offensive cornerback, uh, um, they lost three actually from last year. The looter, as we mentioned, one of the better 
uh, defensive players in the program's history. And then Jamar Ch- Richardson, who was probably the third corner, second corner, depending on what time of year it was. He had some injury issues as well. But they do have Marquise Robinson back, Ricky Fletcher, who was a freshman last year. But one guy to really keep an eye on is Reggie Neely, who's a junior college transfer. I think one of the top 20 junior college transfers uh, in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. So he's going to have a real shot to come in and want to start a really, really good East Mississippi Community College program. Uh, and then at safety, uh, it's again, it's not really they've got to replace guys. It's they've got to find room for everybody because you've got Gallman coming back and you already have three starters back. You have Yam Banks at the Husky nickel spot where he was all sunbelt last year. Jaden Voison, who kind of stepped into that Gallman void last year and really became the leader of the secondary. And then uh, Jalen Jordan, the transfer from Ole Miss, who uh, who moved into that starting job when uh, when Gallman got hurt. So they like all guys and it's just going to be a matter of time for all of them receiver is the other position where Jalen Wayne who's a three-year starter is gone they have the two of the top three back uh in Devin Voison and Colin Lacey they they played three receivers most and so it's going to be a matter of finding out who that third guy is they brought in a Memphis transfer Javon Ivory who I think is a little banged up this spring uh, and then Shamar Sandgren, a really productive junior college receiver, and then a bunch of guys that were already here, J. Jawan Townsend, uh, Jeremiah Webb, Jamal Pritchett. is a guy that played late in the year. Uh, he, actually, the second half of the bowl game when Jalen Wayne got hurt, he's a walk-on, uh, former, formerly played at Tuskegee, but they really like the guy. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a lot of playing time as well. All right, let's take a time out. We'll be right back with more with Craig Stevenson. South Alabama has a chance to really build out their depth chart even before – the season, and maybe fall practice begins. But first, let's talk to you a little bit about Built. I got mine. I did. I went back and got some more. Uh, and I've lost all the weight that I put on at home with Mama Schultz's cooking and a big help from Built. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make a count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the churro bar. Yes, I certainly will. Or actually, the uh, churro puff. And if you want the churro puff to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered in a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in and support your pick. All right, let's get back to it. Uh, Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt. Craig Stevenson from AL.com talking about the depth that South Alabama has heading into the 2023 season. With, with just the five spots that they're looking to fill, and one of them is actually they have too many players at safety, it feels like the springtime is a, is a really good chance for Kane Womack and, and company to figure out what their depth is, like who could be ready to play if somebody gets hurt, uh, and not necessarily waiting until uh, the fall unless they get, you know, a Braylon McReynolds in there freshman-wise that's going to make a big splash. It feels like, and it's impressive for any team, but especially South Alabama, they could have a, almost a set too deep come you know the beginning of august yeah that's true and uh i think uh, yeah quarterback geo lopez who we mentioned a minute ago he's the only true freshman that is here in the in the spring and 
it would take a lot for him to get on the field uh, in the fall, other than maybe in a you know two or three game uh, situation where they could still redshirt him. Uh, you know, I, I do think that there are some younger guys on the defensive side of the ball. James Miller, who's the uh, starting inside linebacker, is also going to miss most of the spring due to injury. So that's getting a couple of guys, Khalil Jacobs and Blaine Myrick, who were freshmen last year, mm. uh, to get a chance to really you know get some solid reps. I think they really think that. Jacobs is probably the next really good inside linebacker in this program. So uh, it's going to give him real opportunity. They do have some young corners. They have a couple of, uh, you know, younger offensive linemen, but it's going to be tough to crack that too deep. Uh, The running back position is the one that's really intriguing to me because they brought back three of the top four from last year. Omni Wells, the Mississippi State transfer, was the only one who's gone, but you brought back LaDamian Webb. You brought back Braylon McReynolds, who's probably the next, you know, starter at that position. Uh, You got Marco Lee for another year, who is a uh, kind of a short yardage guy. Uh, And then uh, they brought in a transfer from Ole Miss, Kentrell Bullock. So that, I mean, D1 transfer, he's, he didn't come here to not play. Then they signed freshman uh, Jarvis Durr, who's from Mississippi. And then PJ Martin, who's, uh, an all-state guy from the New Orleans area who I think led the entire state of Louisiana in rushing last year. Hmm. So they're going to have a real wealth at running back. And it's a, you know, <laughs> there's only one football. I don't know how many of those guys are going to play next year. You hope it doesn't lead to a situation where somebody transfers out. But, uh, you know, LaDamian Webb showed last year that he can carry the ball 25 or 30 times a game if they really need him to. And he was the best guy they had. But McReynolds will definitely have a role. Uh, you know, whether it's just, you know, in special teams, catching the ball in the backfield, he's he's about the best they have at that. All right, we're talking – it's uh, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We're talking with Craig Stevenson, AL.com beat writer for South Alabama and co-host of the Randy Kennedy Show 99.5 here in Mobile. All right, let's talk about the wide receivers. I did ask uh, Kay Womack about, you know, do you move Colin Lacey or Devin Voison into the Jalen Wayne spot? Or do you let somebody because they were so good at what they did, or do you, yeah. you know, have one of those receivers that you mentioned move into the Jalen Wayne spot? And typical, I don't know if it's typical coach speak. He's like, Well, we move guys around all the time. So I guess there's not one X guy and one Y guy or something along those lines. What do you think is gonna happen? Because Devin Voison was really hard to stop in the slot. No question. I, I thought by the end of the year, he was probably the best receiver on the team. And that's no knock against Jalen Wayne, who's going to have a chance to play in the NFL. And right. uh, Colin Lacey, who was really, really productive as well, I think actually led the team in receiving, uh, at least in receptions last year. But, uh, you know, it, yeah, the positions are really fluid. I, I don't really pay attention to who's the X and who's the Y and who's the slot and all that kind of stuff because they do move them around. I think they cross-train those guys, at least the veteran guys at different positions. I will say this, if they're in the personnel where they have two receivers on the field and two tight ends or whatever, two running backs maybe, it's going to be Boyce and Lacey most of the time, I would guess. Uh, I think they really do like Javon Ivory, though. He caught almost 100 passes in three years at Memphis, so he's definitely going to have a role uh, there. Sandgren also, I I would be shocked if he didn't get on the field in a really – really meaningful way, but at the tight end position, I mean, you know, DJ Thomas Jones showed that he could be a real weapon in the passing game. Uh, uh, Crum and, uh, and, uh, Lincoln Sefcik are kind of more classic tight ends, but, uh, you know, it could be a situation where they have three wide receivers and DJ Thomas Jones is one of the three, you know, 
even right. though he's technically tied in. Uh, all right, so let's talk. <clears throat> excuse me about uh, Carter Bradley. What do you think he needs to do to take his game uh, to the next level, quarterback? Yeah, he he has such a strong arm, and with guys that have that strong an arm, they tend to force the ball sometimes. He threw some bad interceptions at times last year, uh, or you know would have a guy open and throw it a thousand miles an hour, and it would be incomplete because the guy just couldn't catch it. Uh, right. He overthrew he overthrew a couple of big you know potential big plays last year, including one against Troy, uh, where he had Devin Voice and wide open, probably would have been touchdown, but he overthrew him. Um, so I think it's just a matter of working on touch a little bit. He's got all the other skills. Uh, he can run enough. Uh, he's never really going to be a guy that's going to, you know, break off a 30 yard run out of the read option. But if, you know, if he's under pressure and he needs two yards, he can pick it up, that sort of thing. So it, I think it's just a matter of refining the, uh, you know, the, the, the touch on his, on his passes from time to time, because he's, he's got what looks like an NFL arm to me. I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL starter, but he can throw the ball for sure. Uh, you said one of the interesting positions in the spring is the outside linebacker. Cause everybody's banged up. Uh, one of the yeah. things that came home, said, you know, following the season is that they needed to get better at uh, rushing the quarterback um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, getting plays for loss and creating turnovers. Where do we think that's coming from this year? It looks like Quentin Wilfon's going to be the guy that gets first crack at that. He was an inside linebacker, has been an inside linebacker, but they're going to move him to that, what they call the mm -hmm. wolf uh, outside linebacker position where sometimes you're standing up and sometimes you got your hand on the ground. Uh, yeah, they have really haven't liked the production there the last couple of years. Uh, it's really been several years, uh, even going back to Womack's first tenure here since they had a real uh, dominant pass rusher. Uh, Jamie Sheriff, who plays defensive end, I think has had some good moments. Brock Higdon, they like what he can do a little bit right. in situations. But as far as having that one guy that the other team has to account for on every passing down, they haven't had that probably since Randy Allen uh, back in 2016 uh, when Womack was here the first time as, as uh, defensive coordinator. So developing that guy, whether it's Will Fawn, whether it's uh, one of the other guys that's already on the team, or, you know, there's going to be another round of, of uh, Division One transfers uh, after the spring. So maybe they'll find somebody in that if they don't like what they're getting in the spring. All right, let's take one more time out. We'll be back more with Craig Stevenson from AL.com talking about these expectations that could be very, very high for South Alabama, something this program has really hadn't dealt with yet. But first, let me tell you about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from the money line to point scores and three strained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's uh, go back to Craig Stevenson uh, for one more segment, Locked On Sunbelt, talking about these expectations because the schedule is kind of front-loaded. And if South Alabama... God forbid, beats Tulane and Oklahoma State. It could be one of those really special seasons for the Jacks. 
Uh, all right, we both brought this up. Uh, I talked about it earlier last week. And, uh, you know, the expectations are going to be high. I'd be shocked yeah. if South Alabama is not picked to win uh, the Sun Belt. We expect Troy to be good, but they got a lot of guys to replace. Uh, their quarterback can be inconsistent. They got to replace Carlton Marshall and some other guys on defense. Uh, we'll see how Coastal Carolina is. Grayson McCall is coming back for now. Uh, I presume Marshall will be pretty good. Southern Miss is building something. We'll see what happens with the Cajuns. Uh, but overall, I would tend to think that South Alabama is going to be picked to win the Sun Belt. And again, it's it, probably a little bit lofty, but they're going to Tulane. Somehow Tulane may be, or South Alabama may be a trap game because they got Ole Miss the next day or the next week. Uh, and then they go to Oklahoma State, which again, a power five is going to be tough. But they went out to L.A. and, you know, could have beaten UCLA. Um, the expectations for the first time and maybe ever are going to be really high in Mobile for South Alabama. No question. Uh, yeah, they, they won't sneak up on anybody this year. Uh, they will be uh, – yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they're going to be at least picked to win the West. Uh, Troy did lose a lot of frontline talent. You know, John Summerall's a good coach. I think he showed really that last coach. year. Right. They uh, they lost some some really, really key guys, Carlton Marshall uh, being uh, number one, but some of the offensive linemen as well, Jake Andrews, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Austin Stidham. You know, those were guys that were real, real key contributors. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost some of those guys as well. Uh, you know, so – and then everybody else in the West is really still in the building stages. You know, Southern Miss is on the way up. I think Louisiana uh, showed later in the year that they they seem to be, uh, you know, heading in the right direction. Uh, and then on the East side, um, you know, Coastal, yeah, new coach. So you don't know what you're going to expect there. You don't know if McCall is going to be back. Uh, you, you presume Marshall and James Madison will be good again, but who knows? Um, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were picked to win the, win the Sun Belt with 20, you know, 18 or 20 starters, however you kind of coming back and coming off a 10 win season. Uh, it's really interesting the way the schedule sets up. Like you said, they've got in the first three weeks, uh, Tulane and Oklahoma state. I mean, and if they can go out to UCLA and throw a scare into them, there's no reason with the way Oklahoma state's off season has gone. Uh, new coordinators, a lot of guys lost to the transfer portal and not a great season last year. I mean, potentially they could win there, but if if they if you beat Tulane, which will probably be a preseason top 25 team, um, you're either going to be ranked or on the verge of being ranked early in the right. year. So uh, this team has never had to deal with those kind of expectations. Even the guys that transferred from from other programs were – most of them were not starters at those programs. So even if they went to places that were used to going to bowl games and used to playing in big games, uh, it hasn't been all on their shoulders. All right, let's wrap it up here with Craig Stevenson, Lockdown Sunbelt. Your team every day covers South Alabama for AL.com. All right, how do you go about cover, uh, covering the team? Um, you know, I go in there. We want to, you know, talk to the new players and talk to the old players and get an idea of how we, you know, deal with, you know, year number three. Uh, how do you go about uh, covering this team on a, on a daily basis? Because, you know, one of my first places I look on Twitter, see what Craig wrote, see if I missed anything. How do you go? How do you go about uh, yeah. finding out, uh, finding out things and covering the squad? Yeah, you know, it's what's what I've been around long enough to where I know not just the guys on the current team and the current coaching staff, but a lot of the guys that have been there in the in the building, so to speak, or around the building for a long time and. Uh, so sometimes you get tipped off with, about things from those people. Um, 
but I, I will say this: Kane Womack and and his staff uh, it is more of the more one of the more media friendly environments I've ever been around. I mean, right. there are, you can probably count on one hand the number of programs in the country where every single practice is completely open to the media. You can watch every single minute of it if you want to. Now, I don't always want to, and I don't right. see every minute. Of <laughs> right, it. right, right. It's a but, good and bad thing, as it turns out. <laughs> right, yeah, but if you want to, you can do it. So that that makes that part of it, you know, pretty easy and refreshing. There are other programs too that are that way, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely easier than covering some of the uh, from some of the SEC schools, for example, where it's like trying to get information out of the uh, Kremlin at times. At the same time, though, we're it. I mean, it's you, me, and yeah. Tommy Hicks. We're it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, sometimes that's good, though. You don't have to worry about getting beat a whole lot. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm not, I, yeah. By the time I hear a rumor, it's, you know, everybody else knows it by the time I hear anything. Uh, yeah. All right. You got anything planned for this week coming up for South Alabama? It is the, the first full week. Um, they practice Friday, practice Saturday, and then they practice, I guess, um, is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? What is it? Okay. They, yeah, they have had, there are two in the, in the book. Yeah. They're going right. to be, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the next three weeks. Is that three weeks? No, four weeks, and then the spring game, which would be on a Saturday. So they'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday from here on out. I think the first scrimmage is the 31st. I think I'm right when I say that. Yeah, something like okay. that. Okay. Right. Anyway, um, so they'll have two scrimmages and then the spring game. Um, so, yeah, I'll just – I'll go out there Monday. I, got, I still got a Reggie Smith – uh, feature that I got to write. Uh, he was, you know, that like I mentioned, moving from right guard to center. So I'll uh, probably write that and have it on the site sometime tomorrow. When's the story on the 30 year old punter coming out? <laughs> I'm until it turns 30. Jack Brooks, who, you know, he's, this is more common than you think it is with these guys that come out of that Australian program. A lot of them play, you know, amateur rugby and uh, Jack, you know, when he first got here, I actually wrote about him, Jack Brooks, and he actually was a landscaper for a couple of years before he mm. decided he wanted to, you know, get involved in this uh, kick Australia program. I think it's what it's called uh, and uh, wound up over here. So, yeah, he got here. He was 24. And because of the extra year due to COVID, he will be a 30 year old fifth year senior this fall, which is pretty cool. I, he's a great guy, too. I really love him. Around with him, and I asked him the other day when he turns thirty. I think he said July sometime. So right, he will be a thirty-year-old college football player in twenty twenty-three. He is Craig Stevenson, AL.com, South Alabama beat writer uh, and co-host of the Randy Kennedy Show, ninety-nine point five here in Mobile. We will see you out at South Alabama practice. Thanks, Craig. All right, Dave.